Welcome to Talking Giants, presented by DraftKings. I'm your host, Bobby Skinner, here with my co-host, Justin Panic, And we're back. We're back. We took a week off. Fourth of July week. It's uh, We take it off every week, even though we gave you guys a couple uh, cool little episodes. We're back. We're doing our Giants 2021 over-unders with Danny King, by the way, on that too. And we're going to talk about um, some camp stuff and the Fan Fest they announced. Um, and... Was just kind of waiting for this news to kind of get a little heated at it. Um, but Justin, how are you? How was your your week off? Yeah. Hey, Bobby Skinner. Nice to see you. For the YouTube crowd, you get to see my face with a little bit more color. Spent the weekend in Ocean City, Maryland. Fun place. A um, lot of Kenny Chesney. Um, I, I've been this summer. I've been getting in the the no shoes nation kind of kind of vibe where even if I'm not on a beach, I want to take the mentality of like being on a beach. Now you're lucky because you live right by the beach. So you, you have that no shoes mentality like every day, like you can just get your morning coffee, go to the beach for 15 minutes and go home. That's essentially what I've been doing every day too. Yeah. I mean that I can imagine that's very peaceful, but it was this past weekend, got a chance to kind of do that, spend some time on the beach. There was a bar called secrets and, secrets secrets whatever where it's like a club it's like a nightclub but also during the day you can like get drinks and it's like in the bay it's actually like you can sit down there are down tables the, that are right in the, the meeting was it where the watermelon grow no is that a joke there's a old down by the bay where the watermelon i can't remember that's as far as i know it back to my home yes but i had a good i had a good little long weekend um youtube's getting to see some color on my face which i'm sure is a welcome sign um, hopefully we get some more color and we got the, the training camp news kind of that there would be no fans broke last week. So we have a lot to talk about. How was your little week off? It was good. Just, uh, what I just basically went to the beach essentially every day and good. I've been on a reggae kick, which I guess it's been like a year, so it's not necessarily a kick, but I've been just... No, but no, no Shoes Radio, if you listen to Sirius XM, which is Kenny Chesney Station, a lot of reggae. So I'm yeah, st- I'm still I, I'm on Pandora, that. by the way. Oh, good. Um, Which, by the way, it's my only account that has my college email. Skinner at stoloff.edu. It's the only one where they haven't asked me to confirm my email in, in, I guess, nine years now. Now that I'm thinking about it, I'm pretty sure it's my high school email that is still associated with my Pandora account. Surprised I let you still use that. (laughs) Um, But anyways, it was good. And then I, I actually watched a lot of QB school this past week learning route concepts like trying to oh, master good. like the stick concept and like just really master like every like you know what these are but like mastering how this team ran like levels and stuff like how did peyton manning innovate the the levels concept so doing that stuff but anyways you got it you got the stick concept down run run to the stick and turn around <laughs> got that well, down? just like what you tag it with and if you're if what the progression you know just really smart getting, you know how it's used in different way empty stick we should do that where we tag slants on the backside. Go away from Ooh. the mic. But anyways, also, we're, we'll get into the camp stuff, but we've been off a week, so we were catching up, and we really didn't talk during the whole week. Somebody, so what, when I go to the beach, I put on, you know, some sunscreen tanning oil or whatever, and sure. I leave that at the stairs, as well as my shirt most of the time. So I just, like, I don't want to get sand or anything on my shirt, you no. know, and, and whenever I do bring it down, I, so I leave my shirt on the stairs. Somebody stole my $5 Walmart gray cutoff shirt from the stairs um, two days ago on Sunday. So when I was at the beach on Sunday, someone just stole it. And they left my tan, my my my, um, my sunscreen there, and they just nice stole my shirt. I, I was I was so mad. Like I was that like bothered me for a couple hours that someone would just why would someone steal my $5 shirt? I looked on I looked like I thought maybe the wind blew it away. I went and looked everywhere. It was someone just flat out stole my shirt. And I mean, you're not a now. You're a big person. You're not. I don't think you're necessarily a 
you're not a chubby person. You're just a big, naturally big person. So, I mean, that person most likely needs yeah. to use that shirt as a towel, not as a shirt. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what the deal was. It was kind of, I guarantee you, it was somebody at the condo because it was, you know, it was like a entrance next to a condo. I bet you it was someone there being a uh, a jerk. But anyways, let's go, talk. Sh- go shoot him. Uh, go shoot him with a potato gun. Yeah. Oh, and Fourth of July was also a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's get right, into Giants. Talk to Everyone's us. got their limbs from that we, that we know of. The Giants announced that they will be doing a fan fest August 11th at 6:30 p.m. in MetLife Stadium, where they'll have an open practice, and, and you know they're gonna have their events, which is cool. Like that's fun, and I, I'll be going. I'll be coming up to New York for that. We'll we'll be there, so we'll we'll figure out within the next week some type of tailgate, you know, like you know session that we'll do. But what sucks is they're not. They're not allowing fans to open that open training camp, which they have done forever. Like it's the New York Giants have always done fans at training camp, and it, I I think that sucks because it's if the reasons were for COVID nineteen, they wouldn't have people at preseason games either. You know, like they don't like, and the excuses that have been made for it is like, well, they have to get bleachers and security. It's like, well, they have to do that every year. It's just now they have a built-in excuse, and they don't make any money off of it, so they lose money off of it. Which you know, I I don't think they're going they're going broke for doing it, but they lose money for doing this. And with COVID nineteen, they have a built-in excuse because it would be very easy to keep people away from the players. It's not like your your the players would not be at risk unless someone you know decided to go streaking on the practice field, which I don't think would happen. No. No, it is not a inappropriate or bad thing to say. Now, I I think every every fan feels differently. You know, if you're listening to this and you know you're part of our international crowd, or you know you're you're part of our Vermont crowd. You know, shout out to our Vermont talking Giants listeners. Um, and you're part of our, our Vermont crowd. You're like, well, what's the big deal of there being no training camp? Like, yeah, I can. I can see it. And even, you know, Bob, you know, Bobby being in Florida, it's like, you know, well, Bobby doesn't, Bobby is, you know, he, he loves to play the Twitter, the Twitter refresh game, you know, whenever, whenever there's training camp. So because the beat reporters, as long as the beat reporters are there, we're going to get some information or some videos. We're going to get something from training camp. But, you know, for people like myself, you know, who, you know, grew up with the Giants and, you know, I didn't have to travel all the way up to Albany, you know, them being in East Rutherford and me being in New Jersey, that being kind of a simple drive and especially me taking advantage of being a high school and a college student while kind of growing up and them being in East Rutherford, you know, every single year I would, I would go and I would find, you know, me being an astute football fan, not the smartest guy in the world, but I, I find me being an astute football fan, even the five Five, six, seven practices, and I think maybe seven's being generous. The five practices that you would go to, you could kind of get a sense of kind of where where the team's at. You can get a sense of, you know, the coaching style. You know, uh, (laughs) this part of the reason why I was so excited to see a Joe Judge practice. You know, we talked to Sandro about this. You know, I, I asked him about the intensity of a Joe Judge practice. Watching a Shermer and McAdoo practice, especially a Shermer practice. Watching a Shermer and McAdoo practice... I'm thinking to myself, I feel like anybody can anybody can get through this practice. Anybody. E- even like us on the street. Now, we won't be able to look as good as these NFL players do. But anybody can just get through this practice. Um, so, it is not a stretch and it is not inappropriate to say, kind of back to my initial point. It's not an inappropriate thing to say that this sucks. Um, it's not an inappropriate thing to say that fans deserve this. I think without, you know... Nobody's fault, you know, besides just the world happening. It's fans deserve to see the Giants in any kind of capacity after not seeing them for an entire year. Yeah, it's not like it's last year where it's like we this isn't, you know, it's they're letting fans back in. And if it was for COVID like, you know, say like, you know, protocols, well then don't have fans at the preseason games because you don't need fans there for that environment. That's yeah. that's you know, a glorified practice. If they charged money for and this is now very good on the five Giants. bucks a person to get into training camp, they would be doing if they made correct a, a few bucks off of it, they would do it, which I would correct. be fine with if you want to charge us five bucks for it. But it's it's don't this it's they don't feel like doing it, you know. I don't think yeah. it's you know, saying you know, it's not like oh, they don't they just totally don't care about their fans, it's just it's a hassle that they don't feel like doing, yeah. And they I, and I, you know, I will say, you know, like. People were, you know, some of the reporters were talking about it, and R. Stapleton said, 
that like well if they had you know if as many people that are complaining about it um went they wouldn't be doing this it's like well then what is it about is it about the number of attendance or the fan or or covid protocols and with that i mean i remember in 2019 they sold out within 10 minutes and justin you've been there and talked about how it's like it's like wrapped around the building to get in here yeah no people will will look at this fan fest for example um you know i think lpg was the you know lpg talks to people so LPG was the guy that tweeted out about the fan fest and there being 20,000 seats and the fact that those 20,000 seats might have been sold out in a matter of minutes. Well, the Giants did and- tweet out that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I get what you're saying. But it's like, yeah, the, the site for the fan fest was so busy that we you couldn't even get the tickets. Like, people want to come to training camp, especially with the yeah. year that we had last year. It's like, we yeah. are antsy to get in there and, and watch our Giants. No, but I mean, every single year, uh, you know, I don't know what the practices look like, you know, when you're when I'm if I'm standing on the field and I'm looking at the stands, I only know that if you're not in line, if you are not in line and at least an hour before the gates open and kind of practice starts to begin, you are not going to get a great seat, you're not going to get your preferred seat and you may the the line wraps around the parking lot from the Quest Diagnostic Center and that whole little little mini facility they have set up with the bleachers. It's nothing extravagant. Um, and also, they, they set that up, Bobby, and then they keep it up. They keep it up during preseason games. So it's not like they put it up, take it down, put it up, take it down. They keep it up for like a month. But really, in, in all actuality, beca- because of the time constraints that the Giants have this year because of they're they're traveling for joint practices with the Browns and they're traveling for joint practices with the Patriots. They really were only going to have maybe like a week, maybe a week and a half to have some sort of home practices anyway. So I can understand if you want to limit the dates, but I don't know. It's it's just it's just frustrating. People go to training camp every single year, so that's not it. And what it comes down to is if the Giants charged Five ten dollars per person, ten dollars for an adult, five dollars for kids. If they did that in years past, then they could have done it this year, and they would have had training camp. Yeah, they couldn't charge this year though, because you know it'd been such a bad look. You know, yeah, that would have been a bad look. Where, yeah. But it's like, I mean, I, we would have been willing, but it's like, oh, you're, you know, you're charging us after a year off, like yeah. you know, like people would trash them. I would have been willing to do it over nothing, but it, it just sucks. On the flip side, I am really excited for this fan fest. I will come up. I, w- I, you know, I was not planning on coming up to New York because, you know, we kind of, I think we've known, we got a, a, a hint like a couple of days before Paul Schwartz tweeted out that like, so I was like, okay, I guess I'm not coming up to New York this year. The Nets lost and the Giants didn't have any training camp. So Bobby, you're yeah. stuck in Florida for another year. Um, oh, sh- shame, shame. Stuck in Florida. <laughs> uh, but shame. I, I'm really excited for that. Like I, I we're going to have to do some type of tailgate event. We'll try and, you know, we'll, we'll figure something out, but I'm really excited for that to be around giants fans like i i am like august 11th is on my calendar is the day i'm looking forward to the most going forward like i'm probably looking forward to that more than going to a giants game like i love that practice around the fans low-key atmosphere padded practice and fireworks show should we bring our own fireworks i have some leftovers No. (laughs) no we should not um yeah it's also uh, this also made me mad. LPG tweeted this too. They have the state fair there, but they won't have Giants training camp practices. All right, I'm ex- we're excited for the fan fest. Fan fest is going to be cool. Um, I think the fact that instead of training camp practices, you know, it's during the day or it's in the morning. I know, I know. Uh, I think Shermer did some like afternoon evening practices. I think, but usually they're in the morning to mid afternoon. And I know a lot of people can't make it out to that. But the fact that I think this is going to be twenty thousand people. Um. Regular season ticket holders get access to the field at 4.30 p.m., by the way. So if you're a regular season ticket holder, you get access to the field a little early. So, yeah, I'm excited. Like one month from today. Kind of cool. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see you there. Also, I had two more talking points I just want to fire off that I had about the camp. Other yeah. teams are letting their fans in. I remember seeing the Dolphins tweet out they had eight open practices. And remember how much we trashed the Eagles in 2019 for doing this exact same thing where they only they had one fan fest. In fact, our guy Ron Effect, remember he went to that in a Giants jersey and they booed the crap yes. out of him? Yes, yes, yes. Um, I remember us, everybody was, I mean, even the beat reporters were like, wow, Giants fans should feel lucky with the way the Eagles announced how, how, the, how the, the tables turn. 
I will. I will say one. Uh, by the way, the I hate Giants... so how much the office is used. Everyone said no one says how the tables have turned. They say how the turntables. How the turntables. The office. I think we need to go back to just saying game. like how the tables have turned. Let's get back to okay. using the regular phrase. I'm down for that. Um, I I will say like let's just finish off with something positive, not just so anti Giants. Blah 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 blah. If they did have more, t- I, I think if they had more time, and if the Giants weren't practice traveling to these two joint practices and back-to-back weeks i do think they would try to pull off at least five dates objection so. speculation um talk Good point. be about it don't talk about it all right let's take a break and bring danny king in over unders come on pay attention in there let's go we got a beautiful day work play fast play fast whoa ah. all right DraftKings freestyle we're freestyling the DraftKings. Bet on whatever you want. We got the all-star game going on, baseball. Unfortunately, you don't get to bet on the home run derby at this point because it's already over when you're listening to this, unless you're listening to the Patreon live stream. In that case, bet on the home run derby. There's so many guys you can bet on. You can bet on Shohei Otani. You could bet on Pete Alonso. Probably won it if I were you. Anyways, there's a lot of guys you guys you can bet on. Bet on that. Bet on baseball. We got the NBA Finals. There's, there's so many things to bet on. Danny King, is there a UFC fight this weekend? Uh, there is. It's a UFC fight night. Islam Makachev versus Tiago Moses, I believe. That I completely butchered his last name. But yes, there is a UFC fight night on this week- weekend. Sounds good. Speaking of UFC, I watched... I, you know, McGregor's a, like, he's a draw. Like, I watch every McGregor fight. Especially now that I have Danny's ESPN Plus um, account. Uh, my favorite thing was UFC people being like, Oh, y'all celebrating a broken ankle? It's like, that's probably the best long-term injury he could get out of that fight with. It's like, we we celebrate concussions and stuff like that. Or, you know, like people bleeding out of their head. It's like, but an ankle broken? That's that's just dirty. McGregor was smacking him. He wasn't going to win. He's washed up. He's over. He's, uh, you know, your wife be in my DMs. It's like, okay, you know, Connor, let's go to bed now. Um, let's get a stretcher for you and, and, and drag you out of here. Um. So, you know, I, he's interesting, he's exciting, but he's not good at fighting anymore. Danny, were you like a McGregor stan in, in his heyday? Uh, McGregor is the reason why I watch MMA. So okay, yes. so I'm just like taking shots at like Danny's personal... I mean, uh, you're right. right I mean, the dude's, he's literally washed up at this point. He can't beat anyone good. Uh, I just remember people thinking he was going to beat Mayweather in that boxing match, and I was just was not having it. But just sign up using the promo code JOHNBOY, and there's just so many things you bet on. Bet on the Giants to go win over seven and a half games. Um, that's the first over-under we're about to talk about. Must be 21 or older. New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restricted supplies. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 100GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. All right. It's our over-unders, annual over-unders, where we go through the Giants, their wins, the prop bets. Um, and we're going to remember last year, we didn't do this as serious. So this, go, this year going forward, we are going to mark down what we're, we're doing and we're going to keep track of like, okay, who was right. And I'm going to be a little more realistic where last year I was just like over, over, over. I was so excited for the offense last year that I just kind of went and like over city. Yeah. Um, and I was setting the numbers high too, but anyways, we'll, we'll get it. We got Danny with us so he can, uh, be a part of it. All right, let's get into it. Wins. Seven and a half. I feel like this might be the one that we most all universally agree on. Ten wins the floor, right? Seven and a half wins. We are with a 17-game season. Are we all in the over category? Yes, and ten wins the floor. I mean, um, I usually don't like to shout out a lot of other Giants podcasts because that's not smart of me. But um, NY Giants Rush. Um, I, I love the their Twitters recently and how all of them have that solidarity, you know, uh, you know, uh, uh, Spiro, um, Jeff and Craig, all of them, they're like holding the giants accountable. They're glass half full. You know, they, they've been holding the giants accountable and they're like, yeah, you know, now it's time to rock and roll. You know, Bobby, you know, I I think all giants fans are feel the same way. It's You know, it's time to rock and roll. And they kind of coined the term, uh, 10 wins, the floor, duff floor. I'm here. Let's do it. Ten wins over seven and a half wins this we year. Won, Danny King, what do you think? We, well, we won six games. We have a 17th game. We add Kenny Galladay. This offense has to be better. Daniel Jones has to be better. Jason Garrett. Seven wins. 
or eight wins. It it it. You know, we're joking about ten was the floor, but the over under seven and a half, eight wins is a a must for this team. I mean, they're still the Giants. They're, I, I'm taking the over I because I I I can't just say under when there's it's only July twelfth. Like that that would be impossible. But the, it's the New York Giants. They they could easily find a way to find the the under on that because it just they somehow managed to screw it up. Like 2016, we were talking about like that was their year, and also in 2017, it was like terrible. But they had all the injuries. But I wouldn't put it past them to go under seven and a half. But I'm but taking the expectation the over. has to be over. Like not just like hey, yes. I think we can do it. You know, they're like the last couple of years. It's been like hey, you know, this is football. Things change. Guys get better. Like you know. Who's to say this team doesn't, you know, squeak out uh, more wins than the public expects? But this year, there is there has to be real expectations on this team, and if they if they don't reach it, well, there's going to be at the heads that are going to have to roll. Whether it's Daniel Jones, you know, whether it's Jason, you know, well, even Jason, I th- I feel like Daniel Jones and Jason Garrett are, are have to be kind of a package deal at this point. Um, yeah, if we're if we're if if we're winning seven wins or less, there could be a world where we win nine games. We like what we see out of Daniel Jones, but not Garrett, and they move on. But but nonetheless, what I'm saying is seven and a half wins. We all, every Giants fan, has to be hitting the over, unless you're just trying to be annoying. You have to hit the over on that, right? I mean, eight wins, you're still under 500, which kind of sucks that you can't go 500 anymore. You are still under a 500 record if you win eight games this year. Which, frankly, if you Anything under 500, or I guess anything under nine wins for me, is unacceptable this year. The New York Football Giants need, I mean, I, I, I know we want to say we want to make the playoffs, but also in my brain, as of right now, as of July 12th, we need to finish as over 500, plus 500 team this year. There is no there is no excuse for that. That would be the most so. New York Giants thing, that they finally win eight games, but they would still be under 500 this year. I couldn't think of a more <laughs> New York Giants thing than that. Still would be the over, though, but yeah. <laughs> still would be the over. <laughs> be brutal. All right, good. We're on the same page there. Second one. We're, to- we're talking about Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones, 3,400 yards. So in a full season, that would be 200 uh, yards per game. Passing. Uh, yeah, passing yards, passing yards. Um, for his career, what I did with this is I did his career average and then basically, and then subtracted two games because he's missed two games per year. Justin, what are you what are you doing on this one? Um, I'm going over. And I initially thought I was going to go under because I'm not, I'm not pumped for this offense this year. I'm not like giddy to see him go out there and rock and roll like I'm giddy to see this defense rock and roll this year because it's like ooh there are there there could be new things that can happen on this defense now obviously Kenny Galladay coming here is going to bring another dimension to the offense Saquon Barkley being back is going to bring another dimension to the offense but obviously I think the black cloud that's just hanging over the Giants right now is Jason Garrett the offensive line and also just you know can Daniel Jones really take another step up. So those kind of three things, but mainly Jason Garrett. Um, so I, the way that Bobby, I'm sure you did kind of did this, but um, stop me if you already did it. But I mean, Daniel Jones had 2,943 yards in 13 games, 2,943 divided by 13. He technically played in 14 games last year, but I think, you know, half that Cardinals game and kind of half that Bengals game, let's just say it's 13 games, right? 2,943 yards divided by 13. That's 227 yards per game. 227 yards times 17 is 3,859. Now, if you're kind of if if you're even accounting for for injuries, you missed two games. Say, that's right. You're basically like 20 yards above that. Yeah. So I'm going over because I I want Daniel Jones to play 17 games. Um, you know, you can, I, I, I don't think it's a bad move to kind of predict that, Hey, this guy may miss one or two games because I think that's just where kind of the league is trending. I don't think we're going to have a lot of iron men quarterback in the national football league anymore. I mean, Patrick Mahomes has missed a couple games the last couple years too. You know, he's not, an, you know, you're, you're not seeing the iron men anymore, but I think Daniel, I think there's a better chance of Daniel Jones getting more passing yards this year because, I mean, 227 yards per game is just putrid. More passing yards this year, especially with that added game, um, than points scored. And we'll get to the whole points scored thing a little later. Yeah, Injury is yeah. really the only thing that could derail this. Um, because if he played, like, at a full – he averaged 210 yards per game last year, that at 17 games puts him over that. 
if he averages his career, which is 229 yards per game, you, you, you take two games away, he still hits over that. And if he missed three games, he could do 242 yards a game, which was less than his 2019 total. So like I said, it was so bad in 2020 that I this and you're gonna I think my passing categories probably are gonna be on the over because I do expect at least a little bit of an uptick. Um, even if even if we're not happy, there has to be an uptick from what we saw in 2020. So yeah, this one I'm uh, this one's gonna be an easy over for me. The only way I can see this not happening is if he misses four more games. Yeah, and which could happen if. And thirty and three thousand four hundred, which is your over under, right? Three thousand four hundred. Let's just say Daniel Jones misses another two games this year. Three thousand thirty four hundred divided by fifteen is two hundred twenty six, which is the exact same yards per game mark that he had this year. And I, I can I can see a reality. To be honest, I can see a reality where Daniel Jones does have the same yards per game that he did last year. You know, maybe we're in a world where Saquon Barkley and Devontae Booker go bananas and we're winning every game and Daniel Jones doesn't have to throw for a lot of yards. But also, I can't say that because I do think that there are going to be games where Jones is going to be more healthy. He's going to be able to throw. Hopefully the line's a little bit better. We're adding another game. Let's get a little bit let's get a little bit more yards. I'm not confident on this over though. Not fully confident. Danny. Danny King. That's why I'm I'm taking the under. I mean, you guys did all the Ooh. math. I'm not gonna do all the math because math's not my thing. But JC Garrett, the offensive coordinator guy, he did not work with Daniel Jones' strengths last year. Jones has been healthy for an entire season, so I factored that into my decision. So that and Jason Garrett being the offensive coordinator, and last year he only got three thousand yards by twenty-seven yards, but obviously he was injured, so that accounted for that. I just don't see Daniel Jones throwing three thousand four hundred yards. I just that just doesn't seem to be it. And with the injury history that he has, how little it is, I'm not. It's not like the end of the world type thing. That that's just too high of a benchmark for Jones to set for me. All right, so we got our first under by Danny on Danny Jones, Danny Dimes. All right, next, staying on Daniel Jones, rushing yards, 375 rushing yards. Um, this past season, he had uh, 423. The year before, he had 279. Uh, so I basically just took his, you know, vote like lasting per game. Danny, what are you doing on this one? Over under 375 uh, rushing yards. Oh, that this, this is a easy under for me. No shot he does another 400-yard-plus rushes. Or even for, teams are going to be better prepared for him to run the ball this year, and he won't have to do it all himself because he'll have Kenny Galladay, uh, Kadarius Toney. Dar- I think Darius Slate will be better. Evan, Evan Ingram. Uh, uh, Saquon Barkley. Th- there's just no way Jones can put up at least anything close to 400 yards. I think his 2019 numbers are more realistic, so it's a hard under for me. I it, No way he does that. No way teams allow Daniel Jones to run all over them again, J- right? Justin? Danny King? Now, I, I like your reasoning, because especially when you consider that Daniel Jones will not be the only option Daniel Jones's legs will not be the only option that this offense has this year. You're gonna have Gallaudet. You're gonna have Tony. You're gonna have Barkley. You know, you're gonna have Lee, You're gonna have an Ingr- Evan Ingram that's not playing vo- volleyball with the football this year, right? So, I like your reasoning, but also this over, I think, is the most slam dunk over out of all of our picks. I really do. I really do, because if Jason Garrett and Joe Judge, if they are smart. And if they really want to create more explosive plays, they are going to use the tandem of Saquon Barkley and Daniel Jones doing the option. They're going to mix that mix and match it well. I want Daniel Jones getting four or five rushing attempts per game. Four. Maybe, maybe let's say four designed rushing plays every single game. That's what I want. Yeah, and, and I think, you know, maybe he'll average maybe six attempts per game when we look at the end of the year, c- counting, you know, maybe scrambles and times where he chooses to improvise and just carry the ball. But I want four designed rushing plays of Daniel Jones this year, every single game. And we already talked to his trainer, who already has talked about how they are trying, trying, trying to get Daniel Jones to take safer hits inside and outside the pocket. So he averaged a little over four and a half yards or four and a half carries this past season. Um, but averaging six would be a, a huge bump. Um, and he averaged, he averaged less than four in 2019. Um, so this would be, but they, but they also, I mean, you have to remember Pat Shermer did zero of the option plays with Daniel Jones. They did where, some, but it wasn't, they did, they didn't, they didn't, they didn't 
use it as much as the Giants once they figured out yeah. they could use it after the first two weeks of not doing that at all. Here's the thing is he had an 80 yard run this past season. Like I expect the option to, and I expect it to work, but an 80 yard runs, those don't come around a lot, you know? And he also had like a, a lot of other big ones with that read. Like I think, he had, you know, 40 yard for Washington, you know, versus San Fran. Like he was a leading rusher for the team. I'm, I'm going under on this. This would pit him. If he played every game, it'd be 22 uh, yards per game. Um, if he played 14 games, it'd be 27 yards. That's, and, and, and it's for his career, he's averaging 27 yards per game. I just, even as much as like the read option may get used more, it's like we're going to be handing the ball off to Saquon a, a good chunk more. You know, you got guys like Tony who you're going to want to get involved in that type of stuff. I'm just going to go under with injuries, and I just don't think they're going to run him to death because it's not going to be as big of a need that his legs were in 2020. Where it's like, that, really, it was like the biggest generator of big plays, like you said, was his his legs. Where now it's like we have Saquon, who's a big play machine. Kenny Galladay, who we brought in to make big plays. And then those guys making things easier for everybody else. That That's the thing. If we are relying on his legs again, then this offense has just completely failed. Not only Jones, but just the entire team. That That's... There's no way around it, in my opinion. But it can be such a weapon. I mean, it can be a weapon. The weeks, the weeks where Daniel Jones was one of the most efficient quarterbacks in the National Football League, think back especially to that Eagles game. I mean, even against the Bengals, where, I mean, I don't know. I'm trying to think maybe did he have any good plays against the Bengals with his legs. Decent. But They were running all on like, know, inside counters and stuff, though. So, but think of, you know, the games where Daniel Jones was most efficient, and I'm talking about EPA-wise when you compare it to the rest of the National Football League, those were games where Jones was using his legs. So I'm not going to say that, oh, it's impossible for Daniel Jones to be a top-10 quarterback by just using his arm, but there's certainly a much better chance of Daniel Jones being an, an above-average NFL QB when he's using his legs and his arm to, and when, when those two complement each other. It, so It could be a weapon that they, that they one, they need to utilize. I'm not saying they shouldn't just completely abandon right. it, but there is just no reason for that to be our biggest generator of either yards or sparks to get this. He, he cannot be the sole—his re- legs should not be the sole reason why this team—or this should not be the sole weapon this team has. They have all the other right. reasons to do better. Speaking of rushing, Saquon, 1,050 rushing yards. 1,050 rushing yards. They're going to ease him back in. And once he's back in, too, like I expect him to play all seven. Well, I I expect him to be playing week one. Um, And when I say ease him in, I don't think that means giving him seven carries. He will be the primary back in that. But... You know, I think last year when we set these totals, my biggest mistake is I was just like, everyone's going to be healthy. And then it's like, okay, well, you're over on everything because guys get hurt. And Saquon's gotten hurt the last two seasons. 1,050, I'm going under. So his career, would he's uh, has 75 yards per game. If he averaged that, it would take 14 games to get there, which would be only missing three games. And that's why I put it that total. If he played all the games, 62 yards per game. I just think they're going to ease him in. I think they're going to ease him in. Uh, I think they're going to, he's going to be used as a receiver a lot, or at least I hope so. They're going to use him more like, you know, like, hey, where they're going to count like receiving catch, like catches as carries in a sense, as part of his work. An extension of the run game. Yeah. Yeah. So I do, th- I think they're going to try and do some more ways to involve that. And that's one of the reasons I had the Daniel Jones passing over big time. Saquon's, he's going to turn some, you know, nothing plays in the big plays. I just think he's. I think he'll be right around a thousand, which is what he did in 2019. He hit a thousand. He basically hit a thousand on the dot. He had a thousand four yards. So I think he'll be right around there. I think this is a very tough one, but I'm going to go slightly under. The rushing ones I'm going under. The passing ones I'm going over. So I'm going under. Justin. It's kind of strange how we are going over with the passing yards and stuff like that, and then under with the rushing. And uh, well, I mean, at least I went. You know, you guys went under with Daniel Jones rushing yards. I'm going under here too. Um, and I, when we were on the phone earlier, Bobby, and you told me, you know, 1050 rushing yards for Saquon, I'm thinking that's that's foolish. Like he Saquon's definitely going to hit that over. But then you know, you look at you know, Bobby, you were looking at his yards per game. I was just looking at his carries. And thinking about how many carries he's he might get or he's going to get. And then if you multiply that by yards per carry, what that may look like. So 
Um, 2018, his rookie year where, you know, he got, you know, 16 carries a game and, you know, 2019, he missed some time, but he also got a little bit closer to 17 carries per game attempts per game is probably going to get a little bit less than that. But again, you have to include the extra game and possibly, you know, some time for injury. So 2018, he had 261 rushes for 1300 yards. 2019, he had 217 carries for a a thousand yards, basically on the dot. So if Saquon gets 215 carries and averages four and a half yards per carry, which I think that's kind of realistic. That's under a thousand yards. That's 970 yards. If he ever, if he gets 225 carries, which I can see with the extra game and you, and and it's 4.8 yards per carry, which would be pretty darn good. I mean, he averaged five yards per carry his rookie year, which his rookie year was insane. 4.8 has to be expected out of Saquon. Yeah. Yeah. And also with the Giants offensive line run blocking, you know, Bobby, this may be a training camp conversation that we're going to have, but I don't think fans are giving enough credit for the Giants offensive line in terms of the group as a run-blocking unit. I mean, I think the unit where you need, the part of the game where you need to be concerned about the offensive line is their ability to pass block. I mean, that is definitely like a, a red flag spinning red alarm in my head right now. Will Hernandez and Matt Parrott are both upgrades at run-blocking than they are than, the, than Cam Fleming and Kevin Zeitler. Like Kevin Zeitler was never a great run-blocker. He could sustain his blocks, but he was never going to move anybody. Yeah, and Saquon's better running to the right side than the left side anyway because that's the side that he carries the ball, so then he has the left hand to stiff arm. He can easily, more easily fall forward. And Shane Lemieux, Andrew Thomas are, you know, they are awesome in the run game. I mean, awesome, awesome, awesome. So 4.8 yards per carry should be expected, but 225 carries, uh, 4.8 yards per carry, that's 1080. That's 1080. That's 1,080 rushing yards, so that's barely hitting the over. I'm going under. That's basically long story short. Daniel? Uh, I mean, we haven't. It we we've only seen hype videos Saquon has posted. We don't really know how he looks. Uh, this all the yeah, it's it's an under because I just can't trust him right now. Until I see him on the field using that ACL, if he looks like the same Saquon, if he's he's lost. I feel like he's not gonna be that same guy that we we're used to i think he's gonna scale it back maybe maybe he finally instead of being that crazy east west guy trying to make like all these crazy plays maybe he just takes it straight up the middle and gets some yards that that would be justin's dream right there i (laughs) i i think it's under i i think his 2019 numbers are probably more realistic and probably even just a little bit under a thousand yards his 2018 was great that's why he was rookie off of the rookie of the year if i remember correctly but there's just no way he gets over i think we're all going under because of the unknown it's the unknown. Like if, if we were, if we erase last season's ACL injury, and we're like Saquon a thousand fifty, we're like this is way too low. You know, it's like let's put this at like twelve fifty, thirteen hundred. You know, which is thirteen hundred is what he got his rookie season with the worst blocking offensive line. With you know, in our opinions, so. And also, you have to remember too, um, this isn't Wayne Gallman pre twenty twenty as a backup. Devontae Booker's three seasons of 79-plus carries. Booker averaged about five to six carries last year, per game last year, with Josh Jacobs, who Josh Jacobs was supposed to be the bell cow workhorse in Las Vegas. Like, Josh Jacobs was supposed to be... The way they were hyping up Josh Jacobs last year in Las Vegas, it was that this guy was going to be... They were going to abuse him, and they were just going to run him into the ground. That was just not the case. Devontae Booker got a decent amount of receiving work, and he got five to six carries every single game. Um, and the Giants signed this guy, and uh, they gave him a decent amount of money. So it's not like we're talking about Wayne Gullman, who multiple coaching staffs have just ignored. So, All right. like idiots. Next. Kenny Galladay and Darius Slayton combined 15 and a half touchdowns. Now, 2019, they had 19 combined. Galladay had 11. In fact, when we were talking, I was listening to our over-unders and prep for this from last year. We mentioned with Slayton, it was like, well, Galladay had the most touchdowns in the league at 11. So, Galladay had 11. Slayton had 8. So, they would an easy uh, over. I think this is the toughest one. And this is, this is why I put this one out as a Twitter poll. Because you can be very happy with both these two guys and it's still be an under. You know, like you can have, you know, Galday at 10, Slayton at 5, and you just like, you could be, we could be hyped about the offense. You know, because there's guys like Galday, you know, Shep's going to get a couple, Saquon's back. They like to rush, they like to pound it in at the one yard line. So I, I think this one is super interesting. That being said, I'm going over, and I think these guys are going to, uh, 
are going to account for over 50% of the Giants passing touchdowns. Hmm. But this is a tough one because, I mean, Daniel Jones didn't even have 15 passing touchdowns in 2020. But he did, you know, but he did in, in, in 2019. And I, I just have to believe they're going to change some things up, uh, especially with Galladay. I'm going over, but this is, I think this one is, is tight. Danny. Uh, I am also going over because I do feel Daniel Jones will now have the option to spread the ball out more. Because Slayton was not good last year. Let's, let's just put it as it was. He was not good. He did not contribute. In basically, like he was dropping passes that he would have caught in 2019. So I'm taking you over here because Kenny Galladay is going to draw a lot of attention because he's Kenny Galladay and he's well-deserved, should have all that attention. But the Darius Slayton is going to slip behind people. He's going to get some long passes from Jones. While I did clown on Jason Garrett, there's no shot his offense, he hasn't tried to tailor better to Jones. I'm hoping he at least went and looked at least how Shermer worked with Jones because that was peak Daniel Jones. That was fun Daniel Jones. Well, Last that's year the was- fun thing about, that's the good thing about how bad it was in 2020 is like there really is nowhere to go but up. Oh, why'd you say that? No, I- no, it's not, there's literally nowhere to go but up for this offense. Mm. It cannot be as bad as it was. It's, it's impossible. Jason Garrett is really going to... It won't be Jason stuff. Garrett's fault. It'll be injuries. There's no way that this offense could be as bad. All right, Justin. No, you, 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 you can't get worse than 17.5 points per game and 299.6 yards per game. You you, you really can't. Um, if you're any worse than that, you're the Adam Gase New York led... You're the, you're the, <laughs> the New York Jets uh, led... Jets. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah th- this, is, this isn't over for me. I feel like these two will work very well together and just be Daniel Jones's dream combination of receivers. This is an under for me. This is a very strong under um, because I don't even – I'm not confident that Daniel Jones is going to have 20 passing touchdowns. And it does come down to the fact that the Giants inside the red zone, particularly inside the 10-yard line, they love to run – well, this is I think this is a lie. I think I actually caught myself in a lie. I was looking at sharp football stats, and they had more passing attempts inside the 5- and 10-yard line than I thought. But I'm going to go with my eye test, and I'm going to ignore the stats for a second. How do you like that? Um, in my brain, when the Giants are inside the five-yard line, they love to run the ball, at least when they're at the one-yard line. And I, uh, and, it, and it kind of worked for them. There wasn't a lot of situations where I was really mad at the Giants that they ran the ball three times in a row or four times in a row, and they didn't get it in. I mean, they they largely they, they did a good job of kind of punching it in when they got up to, like, that one-yard line. And sometimes, you know, getting 36 inches is a, lot, is a lot tougher than getting five yards. You know, five yards, you can spread it out. You can go in shotgun. I'm not confident. Like, if you – I'm – I'm not confident in betting in a Daniel Jones touchdown line of 19 and a half, but I'm confident in betting in a Daniel Jones touchdown line of 21 and a half, and I'm confident in betting that in the under. So um, I do not think that Kenny Galladay and Darius Slayton are going to combine for both of them 15 and a half touchdowns. Uh, I can more easily see this offense being a middle-of-the-pack offense when it comes to yards per game versus points per game. Touchdowns or points. Next. Now, this one is a hard one to find because it's a, such a huge unknown, but we couldn't leave our first round pick. Kadarius Tony, 550 rushing plus receiving yards combined, which essentially would be 32 yards per game. And I know people see that number 32. It's like, oh, wow, you're going to do more than that. But you think it on a per game basis. It's not. It's basically like what Golden Tate did um, in 2020. I'm going to go under. And, he, Me too. and here's why. I took Kenny Galladay, Sterling Shepard, Darius Slayton, Kyle Rudolph. And, and and don't forget when you bring up Kyle Rudolph, for the last two years he was in a, a two tight end system with Irv Smith where they were basically splitting their reps almost 50-50. You know, they were playing the same amount of reps. So this isn't like, you know, Evan Ingram and Kyle Rudolph. It's like, you know, they cancel each other out. And Saquon Barkley. And I took 15 yards off of those. I took, I took, like, I took some yards off of those guys. I took off 41 combined yards of their career averages receiving and then added it up. And that's 245 yards per game right there. And I just don't know if there's room. For, I, I just don't know how they're going to move him in. So there's going to be now that being said, could Darius Tony could have an 180 yard game. And it's like, okay, well that make, you know, he averages 20 yards per game. The rest of, like, so Kadarius Tony has that ability to, to really just dwarf this and get this total and, you know, almost half in, in one game or half of this total, almost one game. But it's just so much unknown that if I were a betting man, I would go under on DraftKings promo code John Boy. 
Danny. I, I am also taken under, but but you have his jersey. But it's well, not yet. So, but it, but it's like a barely an under because, like you said, even though I like we all like the clown Jason Garrett, he's been given weapons to work with, and he's gonna have to try and find a way to manage to give each one of them how to balance his offense and not get too dependent on one guy and keep the ball spread around. I I could he's definitely gonna be a force, but five fifty rookie year, no way he gets a crazy amount of snaps for the first few weeks maybe three weeks he's still going to be like eased into the system because he's one of he's not he's a good draft pick but people he, they're not going to throw him out there to like the wolves at the same time Shepard has gotten hurt every year Shepard misses games call days or oh tony also like he goes from that guy's like we're going to work him into like okay now you're playing 80 percent of the snaps you know so. it's i think it's because the giants signed kenny galladay i have at least confidence he will not miss like what he did last year at the hip, so maybe I'm just giving too much confidence in Kenny Galladay's help. But everyone plays injured, and Sterling Shepard, he gets sometimes it was like it was turf toe the year before he got like free concussions and like back to back weeks it felt like. So it's it's just one of those things. I I, I just feel like he's gonna be eased in. I I just it's gonna be if he's gonna get the over, it's gonna be like or it's under, it's under. I'm wasting. I'm just spewing. Are we really confident that Kadarius Tony is gonna have like? 30 rushes on the season? 30? That would I'm not, be too... I'm not would, even... No, they're, it's not going to be like Kadarius Tony. Kadarius Tony probably won't have a rushing like attempt in every game, but there will be a game where he has three... Like, but but the difference is is we're, when you're talking about like rushes and you think of like like Devontae Booker rushes, like four and a half yards per carry, Kadarius Tony can take one of those rushes and take it for 75 yards, and it doesn't matter how many carries he gets the rest of the game, you know? Or rest of the yeah, season. Yeah, no, I was I'm looking at I'm looking at Tavon Austin's pro football reference page. You know, that's the guy that everybody compares Kadarius Tony to. I know some people get upset when you compare him to Tavon Austin, but e- eat a bug. Let's just let's just do it for a sec. So even a year where Kadarius where Tavon Austin had fifty two rushing attempts, he averaged eight point three yards per attempt, which is kind of bananas. That's really good. Um <laughs> that's that kinda it's kind of bizarre. He he had four hundred and thirty four rushing yards. Um and he almost had as many receiving yards, four hundred and seventy three receiving yards. So it's kind of a banana's year. Twenty fifteen Tavon Austin. Let's look up some highlights, get excited for Kadarius Tony. Yeah, um and again, this is just a thing where uh, more I this is more or less a Jason Garrett under that I'm choosing rather than a Kadarius Tony under. Cause I I think that there's gonna be a little bit of struggle of hey, how can Daniel Jones use this guy? Hey, how can Jason Garrett call some plays to get this guy op- uh, to get this guy to some space? Yes, like Stoning Shepard, he had six rushing attempts last year, and he had a 21-yard touchdown against Dallas, and he took a few of those sweeps. Like, yes, that's how we can use Kadarius Tony, but you know, you're gonna do that once a game. You know, maybe you don't even want to even do it once a game. You want to do it maybe once every other week because you don't want to show it too much. You know, because if you do that pre-snap motion thing because Jason Garrett doesn't even use pre-snap motion so whenever Kadarius Tony goes motion at the snap you know that he's going to get the ball in a rushing attempt so it's going to be more or less I, I'm doing this under because I'm hesitant about Jason Garrett rather than Kadarius Tony um it may take some time to really get him in and, and how he and how he really fits yeah I mean the rushing I just put that in there because he's going to be used in that way it's, it's more it's mostly going to be made up of receiving if Shepard right. gets hurt week one, then I automatically go to over, but but we oh, can't bet yeah, on that. A million percent. All right, last offensive one, and this one's tough. Sacks allowed, 42.5, which is 2.5 per game. In 2020, they averaged 3.1 per game. In 2019, 2.6 per game. So both the last two years, they would be over this number. Justin. I'm going over. Um, extra game. I think Daniel Jones is just a quarterback who is going to take a lot of sacks anyway. I think that's just who this guy is. Um, 42 and a half would be about eight less than last year. Plus the pass blocking is more of a concern versus our run blocking like we talked about before. So I don't think the Giants are going to cut down eight sacks than they did last year. Plus um, that extra game. But you also do have to remember... Um, that the Giants did face the toughest offensive schedule last year. Their defense faced the easiest schedule in the National Football League, according to Football Outsiders, but then their offense faced the toughest defensive schedule last year. I mean, think of the AFC North. I mean, all of those defenses, besides the Bengals, are like really, really good. So um, take that into account, too, but I'm going over. 
I decided I was going to do the opposite of what you did because I couldn't make up my mind. So I'm going under. We've given up eight sack games the last two years. Get rid of the eight sack game. Get rid of a couple sacks here or there, and you're under on this. So this this under is my challenge to the O line. I'm putting faith in you guys. I want to believe in you guys. Make this an under. Please make this an under. I don't want to end this year with this and over again because it's going to suck. They bet on this offensive line. I'm betting on the under. Danny. It would suck, but I mean, it's good. They lost one of their best offensive linemen in Kevin Zeidler due to contract restraint or, or money. Which, by fault. the way, I was very jealous of the Ravens fans getting the claim Kevin Zeidler this weekend because congr- congrats sets. to them on their on their um their their new baby. Yes. But I was just very like, like, hey, that's our guy. And that's like, that's- and the, like, I mean, he went. They went total viral. Like they, it was like the NFL viral tweet of the weekend was Kevin Zeidler. Kevin and Sarah Zeitler with Kevin doing it, which is something we joked about when we had him on the podcast. It's like, dude, you just do pass sets all the time. Is this a joke or what? No days off for this man. But yeah, I mean, it, it, it's an over. I mean, there's still so many questions. Where are they going to play Will Hernandez? Where are they going to play Shane Lemieux? Who that? I mean, Matt, we're, we're assuming Matt Pert's going to be our right tackle. But what if Matt Pert's not good and all of a sudden fancy old Nate Solder comes back in and takes over the right tackle I spot? I can see it, that happening right now, and I'm not looking forward oh, to it. Oh, it, it, I am mentally prepared for it to happen. But it, it, it's, it's an easy over. I mean, the Giants off of the line, they, and it's... It's an over. The, 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 the day the Giants' offensive line is good is like the day I probably. But it only have to be die. good to average two point four sacks a game. Like that's it's like the bar is not even be good. It's just like don't but be you the do, you do the, the, ha- don't you, be the four worst offensive lines in the NFL. You do also have to remember, and there's a lot of studies, and there's a lot of smart people that are talking about this that quarterbacks are the ones that, for the large majority, do control. If they take sacks and it's not even in just in time to throw. And it's also not a bad thing. Like this isn't even a bad thing to say that Daniel Jones takes a lot of sacks. You know, Daniel, Daniel Jones taking a lot of sacks is a bad thing because number one, he gets hurt. And then number two, we don't score points and we don't move the chains, but Deshaun Watson takes a ton of sacks. Russell Wilson takes a ton of sacks. What are those guys doing? They're looking for big plays. So that's what Daniel Jones is doing, except, you know, he's not Deshaun Watson or Russell Wilson. So we need to find a happy medium. Just less than two and a half sacks per game. Uh, be better. Speaking of sacks. Be better. I hate when sacks. people say the, the phrase be better more than anything in the world, but be better, damn it. Justin, read the freaking ad. Speaking of sacks, Ooh. let's talk about some ball sacks with Manscaped. Oh. Danny King, are you ready to unveil your beach bod? I've been ready, and I got a, You've been uh, ready? I got a second degree sunburn after doing that. Good, good. Did you use Manscaped before you unveiled your beach pod oh, to the world? Of course. It's the first thing I did. I didn't, I didn't put sunscreen on. I used Manscaped. <laughs> if you use Manscaped and did not put sunscreen on, that's probably Manscaped not a good Manscaped makes your crew. sunburn worse because the hair that protects you is gone. Correct, correct. So I actually... You know, I tightened up a little bit before Ocean City, Maryland. You know, even even in Chester a little bit, but especially down under. You know, um, I tightened up for Ocean City, Maryland, and Manscaped got me looking good. Lawnmower 4.0 especially got me looking really, really good. Waterless, you could take it in the shower. Even if I didn't tidy up before Ocean City, Maryland, I could have taken it to Ocean City, Maryland with me, tidied up in the bathroom. Oh, I was sharing a bathroom. That'd be a bad look. That'd be a bad look if I did that in the bathroom, left some pubes all over the place maybe don't do that if you're sharing a bathroom with people tidy up with manscaped lawnmower 4.0 and you can get a new performance package as well with manscaped it includes the lawnmower 4.0 and the trimmers insane it's the goat of ball trimmers yes i said it the fourth generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology lawnmower 4.0 7000 rpm motor new multi-function on-off switch and it can engage a travel lock, and it gives you the ability to run 4,000K LED spotlight on and off when needed for a more precise shave. I know the light is awesome for me. I think that's honestly one of the best parts about the Flowmore 4.0. It's that light. So, use promo code GIANTS. Go to manscaped.com at checkout. Use that promo code GIANTS to get 20% off free shipping. That's right. Promo code GIANTS at manscaped.com at checkout. Order their most expensive package. Do it. Do it. Do it. Promo code GiantsManscaped.com. Escape the shrubs and weeds this summer and shine with Manscaped. All right, let's finish with the defense, which we always rush the defense because we spend so much time on the offense. But it is what it is. We got we only have three categories. Blake Martinez, 
Now, by the way, changing these to the 17 game totals was kind of a pain in the ass. 158 total tackles. That would be 9.29 per game. Uh, he averaged 9.4 in, in 2020. 9.28 for his career, which is how I got to that number. Uh, two out of the last four years, he would have beat this. But two of those, he didn't. But the two most recent, he would. I'm going over. Blake Martinez, he's going to get a ton of tackles. I'm going over. I'm also going I mean, over. he's right in this range every year. Like, his tackle numbers don't fluctuate. Like, they are very... It's like between 144 and 150. It's like the difference in, like, one tackle a game. So... He gets a ton of tackles. I'm going over. I kind of and the fact that uh, the f- I'm sorry, Danny, no, but the ahead. fact that this is combined tackles, by the way. And I looked up um, because I I'm thinking to myself, somebody is definitely going to break the the tackle like the single season tackle record for most tackles in a season, and because of the extra game. But really, I don't know. Do you know that Ray Lewis had 156 solo tackles? I don't solo. Know Yes. Ray Lewis is, I, I mean, he's one of my favorite players of all time. Solo. No one's breaking that. Solo. Solo. That's nuts. Having combined, that's like, wow, man, you had a... 184. I think it was like 184 combined tackles. That's nuts. That's kind of ridiculous. My high school yeah. we used to bump up our defense's tackle numbers. It's like we're, it's like we're the leading tackler in the state. It's like, that's because you guys bump up our numbers. There's one game right in play defense, and they just credited me for six tackles. It's like, I didn't play this game. So it's like, I know you're lying about how many freaking Rick has. Like, I know Rick isn't averaging 15 tackles per game. But anyways. Yeah, Rick, you're terrible. Yeah, but yeah, the, the answer is over. I, when I, I put under at first, but then you said 17 games. I'm like, oh, that's an extra game for him to reach 158. And that's I feel quite easy for Blake Martinez. Him and that Pokemon. I need to see his collection of Pokemon cards. This is completely off topic. This man sounds like he has an insane thing going, and I need to see it. Got to catch them all. All right. I'm going to let Justin start off on this one because it's very near and dear to him. In 2020, the D-line had 21 sacks. The outside linebackers had eight and a half. More sacks, outside linebackers or D-line? Justin. I have to go the edge rushers. I have to. You do? For my sanity. Yes, for my sanity. Let's just now, it all depends. I have some trivia too when you're done. It all depends on if Leonard Williams has another bananas year. I gave a let's. I'm doing this hypothetical of a Leonard Williams has a moderate year of eight sacks. Dexter Lawrence has a five sack year. B.J. Hill has two sacks. Austin Johnson and Danny Shelton combined for two sacks. So that's seventeen sacks. Seventeen sacks among the interior defensive line. How, how many did they have last year, Bobby? Twenty-one. 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 All right, so I mean that's I'm um, basically subtracting four sacks, you know, three sacks from Leonard Williams, and you're losing Dalvin Tomlinson. So 17 sacks among the interior defensive linemen. That means that four of the edge rushers, let's just take a big four. Four edge rushers would need to each get four and a quarter sacks, like per player. And I'm confident that you know, hopefully Aziz can maybe get four or five. Can Lorenzo Carter maybe get six? Can O'Shane Zimenez get six? And I think these are this is really underestimating. But also you have to remember that if if there isn't going to be one edge rusher that's going to get 80-90% of the snaps, then there's not really going to be an edge rusher that's going to have a bananas year. So I'm I am saying that I think four at four of the Giants edge rushers are at least going to each of them are going to get four sacks, which if will in this group, you know. I forgot about Effetti. Yes, so over. More more for edge than interior defense. Here's a trivia question, and this is pathetic. Kyler Fackler left the outside linebacker group in 2020 with four sacks. Marcus Golden was tied for second with one and a half, just for the Giants, not in total. Who was he tied with who is the de facto returning sack leader from the outside linebacker spot, which is the position that gets sacks, for the New York Giants. I know it, Danny. Do you know it? Uh, it like, he's on the team. Is, is he returning? Yes. Like, he's on the roster. He has a very right famous now. number. Oh, God. I mean, I'm going to... If you know this, Justin, I'm going to be pissed. Are you looking at it right now? No, I know it. I, I, he has a very famous... I knew it I knew it immediately right, as you it, said Justin? it. I'm, I'm trying... It's uh, Jabal Sheard. Damn it. I can't believe you freaking knew that. Jabal, Jabal Sheard, Sheard is our leading wow. sack returner at the he's outside linebacker sa- spot. <laughs> 
Second is Lorenzo Carter with one, and Carter Coughlin has one, but he's an inside linebacker now, so we can't even count yeah. him. Yeah. Um, but I'm going D-line. I mean, I get that there's different players, and you know, maybe Leonard Williams doesn't have a banana year. I'm just going D-line. Even if they have like 15, it's, I don't know. But to make up that much ground, I'm just I'm going with D-line. I don't care what anybody says. I could see Dexter having like a yeah, six, d- seven even like Leonard year. might lose a couple, but Dexter's going to add some. You know, Shelton will probably get one, maybe two, and replace that Dalvin production. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm going D line. I you know, even yeah, D line, Danny. Jabal Sheard, I'm not over that. That is so tragic. The outside linebacker is my answer. Um, standing, no Dallin Tomlinson. Our defensive line is going to be absolutely terrible. He held this group together. He was the greatest defensive lineman to ever grace this planet. But no, uh, I have faith in Lorenzo Carter, even though the Achilles injury, we those are one of those weird one of those injuries that it could completely change a player. I still like the group they got, and I think Aziz Ojolari, who was people thought he was going to be the Giants' first round pick, and then he got him in the second round. I feel teaming him with Lorenzo Carter, who I hope has because when he Lorenzo Carter was having a year last year, it looked like it was going to be like his breakout year before he tore his Achilles. But even his breakout I just think, year wasn't going to be a ton of sacks either, but it was going to be something. And I love Lorenzo Carter because he's uh, the, got the gap in between the teeth. So, Lorenzo Carter, please help me bring the outside linebackers to victory and win me non-existent money. All right, final one. Cornerbacks and safety, the DB group. Nine and a half interceptions. They had eight in 2020. We had the added game. Uh, James Bradbury had three. And then Darnay Holmes, Julian Love, Xavier McKinney, Jabril Peppers, and Logan Ryan all combined for one to get to eight. They added Dory Jackson to this group. Danny. Over, under, nine and a half interceptions from just the DBs. Linebackers and D-line don't count. I'm going to go the over route. I, I really like this secondary group. Bradbury, Jackson, Holmes, maybe even got Aaron Robinson. Who knows what they're going to do with him. Xavier McKinney, uh, Jabril Peppers. This is a solid secondary group. Honestly, one of the better secondary groups since maybe that first year in 2016 with Jack Rabbit, DRC. Who is there? Someone else that year I can't remember off the top of my head. Uh, Tevin Wade was our slot corner. No, okay. DRC was our slot corner. But so DRC no, was kidding. our slot corner. <laughs> but no, Tevin but Wade. Th- Tevin Wade. What, what a time. No, but uh, this secondary group, I think they have potential to be absolutely locked down stuff, and I don't think they're getting the credit they deserve with the genius mind of Patrick Graham. I, I the world is our oyster with this defense. They can carry us to victory like 2016. Do it. Do it again, defense. Playing more man will lead to more interceptions, I think. But add, adding two, like I don't think Bradbury's never had more than three. Adore only has two interceptions in 46 games. Now, I think the addition of Dory may add interceptions for other guys, but Adore himself isn't going to like isn't going to push them over the limit. Every single safety got an interception last year, so like getting more than four interceptions from the safety group, like I don't think that's like that high of an expectation. So I'm going to go under, but barely. I think they'll be right at nine. I'm also going under two. I hate that I'm going under here because my whole my whole spiel this summer is going to be man coverage, blitz more, be more aggressive. Man coverage. I already said man coverage twice. Let's force more turnovers. Man like coverage. The giant. The giant. I think I, now this. I think that was the third time I said man coverage. The <laughs> the yeah, Giants last year, I think they were like middle of the pack in terms of turnovers per drive, and I've talked about this before. But I want more. I mean, I'm gonna get really, gre- I'm I'm gonna get really greedy with my expectations for this defense this year because really, if the Giants are going to be, you know, ten wins to floor, you know, let's come full circle on this. If the Giants are going to be a ten win above five hundred. NFC East competing slash champion football team, it is going to have to be because of this defense. And it's going to kind of, I would rather not have 2016 vibes where the offense is scoring 10 points per game, but maybe let's score, you know, some 23, 24 points per game. Let's average that mark, be an average offense, which 24 points per game is an average offense, believe it or not, in the NFL. And let's win games because of our defense. You know, let's win 24 to 20, 24 to 21 games. And let's make that extra difference being a tipped ball, tipped interception um, by by one of these guys. Now, I'm going under, um, but I feel bad that I'm going under because I am going to get greedy with this defense. So this is the one where I'm like, prove me wrong and I want to be wrong. I'm switching mine to over. There you go. Do it. All right. That's an episode. We'll be back on Friday. Um we have an inter- a short interview with a trainer on Friday. I don't know what the other the meat of the episode is going to be. But we will see you then. We appreciate you guys. But until then, 
Let's go big blue. <laughs>